Well, Paul, welcome back to the future. We are still in 2019, November of 2019, which means we are officially in the Blade Runner era. Uh, Blade Runner, which we covered last week, and we are continuing along with a cyberpunk theme this week as we uh, go into Neo Feud, which is a point-and-click adventure game, very old-school style, came out 2017, I believe, uh, available on Steam and uh, GOG. But uh, just before that, just before we get into that, I'm going to go a little bit off topic and go a little bit two weeks into the past. Or was it two weeks or a little bit more than that? We were talking about Space Quest. Do you remember this one? I do, yeah. Um, so we talked about the fact that um, I have only played a very little bit of Space Quest Six. I never finished it, uh, and I played it a very long time ago. And uh, you were pointing out one of the plot holes of the whole game being that they never really mention Beatrice Wankmeister. Now, uh, now, as it turns out, I, I brought this up in some of the discussion groups I'm in on Facebook, and people pointed out to me that not only, and I totally missed this one myself, but they actually do acknowledge uh, in the intro that you, um, they kind of passively acknowledge that you have uh, consorted with a female officer of higher rank. So they kind of passingly mention her that time, but at the very end of the game, and so, you know, I'm kind of saying this to sort of um, correct what we uh, mentioned in a previous episode, uh, they pointed out that at the end of the game, they do actually mention Beatrice Wankmeister by name. You know, the narrator says, oh, will Roger and Stellar be an item? What will Beatrice Wankmeister think of all this? I'm like, this is only raising more questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, God, that's well. First of all, I got to say that uh, it's very exciting that you've got some some feedback on this conversation because it makes it makes me feel like this is like a big boy podcast now. Oh, they totally didn't listen to the show. I just mentioned it, and people oh. corrected me as the internet does. <laughs> all right, well, you know, I can pretend. <laughs> is, is this what it feels like? You know, to have follow ups on an episode. This is this is glorious. Almost. Yeah, that, it's not that, one plus one does not equal two here. You know, it's, I've played that game twice, and I I, rem- I don't remember the ending part. I'm not I'm not denying it or anything like that. Uh, but but I do remember in the beginning that that kind of passing phrase, and, and I, I guess for me it was it was maybe just a bit too passive, and it didn't click. But yeah, like you said, it, it kind of just raises more questions than it bloody answers by by you know not mentioning it the entire game, and then at the very end just being like, what will she think of this? Well. Well, but he thinks she's going to think of it. You're supposed to be getting <laughs> engaged to her. and <laughs> So, but yeah, I mean, I, I did look it up on YouTube uh, as soon as people told me about it. Um, and um, yeah, it, sure enough, he, the narrator's like, oh, well, uh, su- suggests that uh, there's a possibility that Roger and Stellar might get together. The po- And the fact that Beatrice will probably not like that. And um, I forget the exact terminology that they used, but they euphemistically suggested that she may or may not kick you in the balls. But um, yeah, it they, they totally <laughs> they, they totally acknowledge it only enough just to make us even more con- make me even more confused as to exactly what's all going on here. 
Yeah, yeah. Bring, bringing it up actually makes it just a little tiny bit worse. <laughs> tiny it bit really worse. does. Because yeah. like I said in the episode, if you look at this as like a standalone adventure of Rogers, it works. Yeah. And, and that kind of ruins it. Because I could <laughs> pretend that this was like a prequel or just, you know, just a, a random, you know, adventure chronicles of Rogers sort of thing. But then bringing that back up into the situation does make it somehow worse. Yeah. Damn it. Oh, well. So I don't mean any disrespect to uh, this week's topic, which is Neo Feud. Uh, which, as I mentioned in the intro, is a point-and-click adventure game. Uh, steampunk. Very, very steampunk. Um, and, and I looked up what steampunk is. Sorry, did I say I'm saying steampunk? Why didn't you correct me while I'm saying steampunk? I mean cyberpunk. <laughs> Are you even listening to me? I don't even, because I don't even know what I'm saying, apparently. Cyberpunk, cyberpunk, cyberpunk. It's a cyberpunk uh, game. I don't know why I didn't verbalize in my head. I'm like, he'd done it three times now. That was three times. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you're the reason I have to edit so much. Um, Nothing like breaking out a microphone at three in the morning to edit in your own vocal part because <laughs> Paul didn't correct you. Oh god, now I feel bad. It's a cyberpunk adventure, um, and very cyberpunk. And I actually looked up a definition of cyberpunk because usually when I'm pretty sure of an abstract concept, I'm usually way off. Um. But no, this is as cyberpunk as it gets. A definition of cyberpunk typically um, is, or rather as defined definitively, because <laughs> uh, there's other ways to not be definitive when you're defining something. I don't know, whatever. I'm, now I'm talking like you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to have to give us the definition of definitive on top of all this. <laughs> uh, cyberpunk is a dystopian society with high tech and low life, basically. And that is pretty much exactly how you could describe Neo Feud. And we mentioned Neo Feud before. One of the reasons why I really wanted to drive home that we absolutely had to do this game um, during our Cyberpunk series is because I actually did mention it before in our episode about Kathy Rain as kind of like a counterpoint to a lot of what Kathy Rain did. Um, because some of you may or may not know, but just a refresher or, you know, for those of you who are just tuning in, uh, Kathy Rain was a very polished game, uh, which, um, you know, I, I concluded at the time by saying, you know, every bit and piece of it is like 10 out of 10, but it comes together as an eight out of 10 overall. Um, whereas Neo Feud is kind of the opposite of that, where it is very flawed, but it comes together as a whole a lot stronger than its individual pieces. Yeah, that's that's very, very well put. I, I think Kathy Rain fell in the sense that, that it, it played it it played it very, very safe. And and Neo Feud takes a lot of chances and a lot of risk. And what I particularly love about Neo Feud is there's a lot of uh artistic expression in this game. Oh, absolutely. Um, there is, I can only imagine, I, I, probably a biblical-sized uh, script for this game. I mean, the, the the amount of care and effort and crafting that the developer put into this game. The, in other words, there's what I love about Neo Feud is there's a there's a lore, there's a history to the town that you're in, to the world mm. that you're in. I should say um, that there was all very very well fleshed out by the developer beforehand so you know it's, it doesn't feel sloppy as you're playing but there was a few times where i sat back and was like wow like this there's a lot of thought and care went into the story it, it it definitely does feel inspired and that's because it kind of was uh i i follow christian miller who was like the it, it's basically an auteur project like he did everything he's a lead programmer he's the artist the animator he does like a bunch of the voices he does at least two of the main characters uh he is the writer he does the music 
Like, he did everything, basically, for this game. I think if he got any help for it, otherwise, it's basically just in, like, funding and, um, you know, other voices. I don't think there's anything he hasn't done for this game other than just, like, providing a few uh, of the other voices. So, um, but, you know, the voices are... But, you know, just a couple of criticisms to start, and I, I don't mean this any way harshly, I'm just being honest here. The the voice acting is uh, does not come across as professional um, quality, I should say. Uh, but at the same time, it's still also kind of really good in the sense that, at the very least, uh, when I read the credits, when I saw which voices were done by Christian Miller, there were very much characters that I did not think were the same person doing that during those different voices. So he's very vocally talented in that way. Um, but, you know, it is just a little bit, uh, it's just a little bit rough around the edges. Everything about this game you can really describe as rough around the edges. Um, the animation is, uh, you know, it, it's a little bit rough and the art, the art is a little bit rough, but um, it kind of all works because of the themes of the game. Like, you know, the cyberpunk uh, you know, sometimes the the um, user interface can be a little bit clunky, but being like that whole uh, clunkiness of technology, it kind of works almost. It's not going to be for everyone. A lot of people are going to still expect a polished product, but um, I think that it actually, um, it, you know, I, I didn't mind it because it kind of like immersed me into the whole experience and the overall feel. You know, it's like, um, it, it's, it's like if you actually like wear aviator glasses to play a flying sim or something like that you know it's just really just that gets you that little bit more authenticity yeah yeah i whenever i i play a, like a, a car racing game i i like to put on fingerless gloves yeah that kind of thing right i don't know if you actually do that but like no that's totally it but he uh but he but he did say that he based it on his experience of um growing up in a hawaiian ghetto uh the creator himself christian miller is native hawaiian and uh, he is actually a social worker in uh, the Hawaiian ghetto, and um, so a lot of this is very personal to him. Like this, uh, I I don't know the politics and the uh, and the situation going on over there, so I can't really talk about how some parts of it may be analogous. And I am not going to weigh in on any uh, political viewpoints, but uh, obviously this is something which is very personal to him, and uh, something which fueled. Uh, his story and the and the narrative and so that's um you know take what you want from that but that's uh that's why it's such a lived in world because it's actually a world that he is drawing from out of reality well that that's really cool to hear i didn't know that going into this and and it immediately makes sense um but but yeah there's 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 very strong emotions in this game so i can i can see you know how it drew a line from his personal life into the game. In other words, it it did the game very good having that personal attachment to what's going on. In other words, sometimes, you know, if, if a game draws on its creator's personal life, I, I think it can be a detriment sometimes. And in this case, it, it's definitely not. It's definitely a good thing. Um, it, it definitely adds some depth to the game. And, and God, I can say, uh, you know, when you when you think Hawaii, you kind of you picture uh, you know North Shore Oahu, beautiful beaches and things yeah. like that. But uh, I visited Hawaii once, and when you first get out of the uh, airport in Honolulu, 
Uh, it's it is not like the postcards. It's a little bit on the yuck side. So oh really? See, wow. I can definitely I can imagine the side of Hawaii that that uh, he possibly drew from because there is some sides that that were that were really rather seedy. Right. Um, yeah. Arriving in Honolulu can can be a little disappointing um, until you get about thirty minutes out of it. <laughs> but anyway, instead of shitting on one of uh, one of the fifty states here, we should move forward with the game. Um, <laughs> I think it's cool you said that he'd done the music because that was one thing I wanted to point out as, as being a real plus for me. I really, really enjoyed the music. Um, he blended uh, a bit of uh, a bit of dubstep with a bit of kind of noir jazz, you know, kind of yeah. that. Well, I mean, there, that there's it, at least one tune in there that is very drawn from the Blade Runner blues. Like it's almost a, like it used, draws that that first and then blends into a more uh, original score. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I probably, I guess, no, no shocker to any listeners for me to say that I liked it with that said. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it did a good job. It had that real, it did a good job of setting the mood, in other words. So when they'd play the, the more kind of jazzier, uh, noir, gritty, detective sort of music, it, it really fit as as Carbon sits in his, you know, kind of dingy, poorly lit office. I mean, it all it all really helped build the mood. Um, and what I was impressed by was the the way he worked in some dubstep into the, the game because that mm. genre of music has the potential to be uh, overbearing or yes. distracting. And Oh, that's know, not two- just a potential. That's very regularly <laughs> yes, frequent. By design, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and I, well, I was impressed that, that he was able to pull it off because you, you don't want overbearing or distracting for game music. And and it really wasn't. Just, just a few little wubs here and there. Um, yeah. and, and to me, it kind of, it, it just enhanced the game even further. So in other words, the, the music was awesome because it really enhanced the game. It, it, the, the cyber, I'm sorry, the dubstep painted a, a nice kind of background for the cyberpunk future. It fits with machines and robots having mechanical sounds. Yeah. Um, but also the, the, there was kind of seamless integrations into more Blade Runner-esque sounds. So anyway, well done, Christian, on, on the soundtrack. I really loved it. Yeah, agreed. I mean, and like I said, I already mentioned the one where it sort of like starts off very reminiscent of Blade Runner Blues and then uh, goes into its own thing. Another one that really stuck out to me is one that actually starts off um, with the uh, with the sound of a dial-up modem and then kind of blends into uh, yeah before blending into a more um, uh, into the full-on score. But no, it's really cool. I, I thought that the music really uh, really added. And actually, that was kind of one of the things where. Uh, I was kind of wondering if, like, if maybe the music is the one thing that uh, that Christian didn't do. But uh, when I w- looked through the credits, I was very specific to look for that part. And no, he did the music too. It's impressive. He did. Uh, he did all this. Yeah, it, it's amazing. It's part of the reason I love these these indie games in the classic style because it, it's. It just—it's so impressive to to admire the artist behind this. You know, I I love when when it's a single person game, and there's a lot out there like you know Francisco Gonzalez, our own uh, lovely Julia Minamata, Phil Fortier. There's a lot of people out there that that do everything, and and for Christian mm-hmm. in this game, it's like you, you look at the artwork and it's fantastic. I mean, like you said, you know, the the style of the art can be objective. You know, certain people you know, may fancy it, certain people may not. I, I personally very much enjoyed it. I liked, you know, dark lit things with neon lights and such. So mm-hmm. It was right up my alley. But I mean, you know, I, I I know my artistic limitations. And for example, looking at the, the headshots of the characters, that's really impressive. Like, a lot of people can, can get close enough with art to make it work in a game like this. But but mm-hmm. there's certain there's certain thresholds that that 
most people will hit a ceiling at. And, and for me, one of them is drawing faces and things like that. So, I mean, to, to sit back and be like, you know, he drew the backgrounds, he drew the characters, he drew the headshots, he programmed the bloody thing and he did the music. I think, I think it's actually, I think it serves the game well to, to keep that in mind as you're playing it because well, of I course, think it, absolutely. That's definitely it furthers the enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. For me, it really furthers the enjoyment. Um, and you, you know, know, and it kind of, uh, and it kind of excuses a lot. Because, like I said, if you, a lot of people who won't know this, or a lot of people who just have that total, um, you know, they want better and better. Uh, it'll be a little bit hard to make that transition to something which is a little bit um, edgier. But you know, uh, I, I think if you know going into it, or if you know at the time. Or even in hindsight, if you sort of find out, oh, he did everything, it kind of like really says like, okay, well, like how much you expected to be perfect? Like the guy did what he could. It was awesome uh, that he did all that, right? You know, because you don't you look at the art and say, like, okay, you wouldn't see this in a professional game because you would get like these real professional artists who would could do like uh, ten times better job. But it kind of works with like the again the, the cyberpunk theme was chosen so well uh, because it excuses a lot of the a lot of these so-called flaws you know you get that edgier dumpier uh environment and um you know and it kind of works that you know the art looks almost like it's uh taken out of a uh um out of a comic from a 90s zine or something like that right right well and and, you know the the thing about this like before it turns into a full-blown adventure uh it takes the first like couple hours which was the uh you know, this guy, the social worker, just doing his day job. And then you just see, like, the lineups and the bureaucracy, and you just see just really um, – they really nailed the whole desperation and uh, uh, and hopelessness of being in his position, where it's just like, you know, he, he can't afford his job, but he can't afford not to have his job and that sort of thing. And it's like um, – you know, the cool thing is you look at a lot of these dystopian societies in fiction and a lot of them are almost kind of glorified. Like y- you wouldn't really yeah. want to live in a Blade Runner future, but you'd like to visit it for a week or, you know, right. you'd like to, uh, uh, you know, every- everyone wants to live in the zombie ac- apocalypse because they just think of slashing zombies with machetes and living off the land, but they don't think about like all the uncomfortable realities of it. And I thought that this game, especially the first act of the game really covered the uncomfortable realities of it. Yeah, no, it like, absolutely like, does. There, there's nobody who's ever going to want to spend time in this world. And that's, you know, and, and that's, I, I have to believe that that's by design. And I think that was very well designed. Yeah, no, you put, you put it really well. It's, it's in so many other cyberpunk things. It's it's so romanticized that, that it can it can trick you into to thinking it's somewhere you'd actually want to be. Um, whereas this this covers like the, the real reality, the the kind of coffee stained uh, reality of it. Um, there's one one kind of short puzzle where where his mechanical arm has some issues and he's got to un, unscrew it and and get some things that are jammed in there out of it point being is that you know his solution to, to the problem is to use some olive oil on it yeah. and, and um and and that's that's how i'd imagine a, a, this dystopian future you know where nothing's ideal everything is kind of duct taped and zip tied and, and just yeah. you know forced into working um as as per the the description of, of it of cyberpunk which would be you know uh high tech and low places sort of thing and the game captures that so well that the mood the mood setting is is so effective and consistent that, like you said, even the interface of the game itself can can be uh, excused and accepted into just part of the entire cyberpunk experience. Um, 
And and to be fair, I do have some criticisms of the game too. And you know, I, I, as much as I really want to emphasize that it was an overall positive experience, and definitely I, I encourage people to uh, go out and at least give this game a try. I mean, if you if you like cyberpunk and you like point and click adventures, I, by all means, I encourage you to pay this uh, pay full price to support. Uh, an indie artist uh if you're if any of this sounds unappealing then you know just buy it when it's on sale because it can go on sale pretty cheap but it's um it is definitely worth trying and getting your own opinions on uh, because what i like or don't like will be different from what somebody else's opinion would be um so i really want to emphasize that as i go into some of the more more some of the criticisms that kind of knocked it down a little bit for me uh but honestly i think the I, I think the only thing that really kind of wore me down was just that it's very overwritten sometimes. Like I, I know that it's, um, I know how hard it can be to edit yourself. Um, and I know how much story he really wanted to get out into this, but there are times where it's just like, um, it's just walls of text for a very long time. And it's just, uh, and everything's delivered or a lot of things, not everything, a lot of things uh, later in the game, especially when it comes to the plot, is delivered through exposition of these characters just telling you exactly what's going on and what you got to do and everything like that. And there are at least a few parts where uh, the same idea was explained like three times. Where first, like, um, uh, Carl Carbon will... Um, will assess the situation and then the um, uh, million dollar baller because he talks in this like uh, street jive slang uh, he has to say it in his own words and then the um, I forget what the princess's name is uh, but then she has to like sort of be the voice of reason and say oh well we're going to do this and it's like, I, I kind of know it's like okay you just said the same thing three times over with just different slightly different voices and it's like you could have uh, uh, you, you could have yeah, bre- brevity is a virtue, I think, and I think that's one thing that could have, uh, um, that really would have helped the experience for me a little bit more than it already was. I, I think that this game could have been brought down to about two thirds the length if they kind of just did a little bit more, um, if they were a little bit more careful with their wording and a little bit more concise. And personally, I would have really enjoyed if this game was two thirds. Uh, the length that it actually was because it was it did run a little bit long i know people like long games i know indie developers are kind of pressured to stretch the playtime a little bit but yeah yeah i know i i would have i would have felt my money's worth paying the exact same price i felt i would have felt my money's worth would be a lot more if it saved me a little bit more time (laughs) Right, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with, with indie developers being pressured to make the game longer. Like, I, I almost wonder if that if that was exactly some of the reasoning behind extending certain scenes and things like that. Because you know, I, I, I it get very nervous. well could be. It very well could be, and you know that that, uh, and I can't blame them for that because I know that there are the people who are out there that are like, oh, I'm not going to spend fifteen bucks if it's only going to be eight hours. It's like. Screw you, man! Eight hours is perfect. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm just getting. I'm just getting my voice out there, but I, I understand where uh, the indie devs come from. Yeah, I mean, I get nervous looking at reviews of games that that I just played and liked, much less you know made myself, of course. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I'll get nervous if the reviewer is like, you know, it, it was a short game, but blah blah blah. And I'm like, ah, you know, be careful with that because you know that that really that really rubs people a certain way that that can be the defining whether or not they're going to buy it thing and and for me I don't care if it's if it's four hours or or six or eight or twelve as long as it's good I mean there's been oh, yeah. 
there's been so many games that were uh, I can think of quite a few that land right in that five hour pocket that, that I just absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I know that that you know it's almost like not socially acceptable to to make a, a indie game under eight hours. So yeah, you know, but that type of critique can lend to to people overcrowding their games just to just to you know escape that that sort of critique or whatever. But um. But to draw on some of the points you made, it, it is definitely, definitely a very verbose game. There's a lot of, a lot of dialogue. It is, you know, there's there's a lot back and forth, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, you know, the verbosity of it and the amount of dialogue. I mean, I, I like the world building, the character development, things like that. I think one of the things, if I was to, to put a critique out there. Um, I'll start by putting this disclaimer that, that Christian did this game exactly how I probably would do a game, um, which is you see the big picture and, and you go for it no matter what. And that, that's kind of how I am. You had mentioned earlier, um, you know, it's, it's hard to self-edit. And, and, you know, I'm someone who's putting out songs that are like six and a half minutes long in mm. 2019, you know, which is like you know, kind of a, a crime. You, you basically, if you put a six minute song out nowadays, you, you know, you've lost 80% of anyone who might listen to it. <laughs> and, and I'm aware of that, but I, I still see the big picture and, and I just go for it no matter what, because that's, that's the vision I have in mind. And, and so Christian reminds me of myself in that sense when it comes to his style here, where I feel like even if there was a, a, a logical hindrance, uh, even if there was a logical reason to possibly not pursue something, if it got in the way of the story he was trying to tell or the vision he had, he, he, it seems to me that he just said, you know, fuck it, this is the way I want to do the game, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes that can lead you to hyperextend your artistic capabilities or, or things like that. But it's like, look, if it, if it doesn't come out absolutely perfect, that's fine. I'd, I'd rather it come out than not at all. Um, so again, I really respect that. That's I, fair. I feel like I feel like I operate in that that same sense. Um, but to, back to my my one critique, where it's like it, some of it, it wasn't necessarily the voice acting. I've got a lot of wiggle room personally for for quality of of voice actors in indie games. Understanding how difficult it is to find people, and usually it's just mates that don't have experience with this stuff. So it's it's not necessarily the the quality of the voice acting, which which was very hit or miss. Some of them were great, some of them were a little dodgy. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that the, the quality of the, the voice acting aside, um, which overall was not hindrance to me, it was the dialect. Um, so so having, having each, a lot of characters have a very strong accent or way of speaking, like, mm-hmm. like the, 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 the kind of street thug robot um, or the, the sassy grandma at the, uh, at the complex, you know, they all had such a personalized way of delivering dialogue that that kind of it really it really works against the limitations you have with with non-professional voice actors so like it's in other words it's not an easy task to ask someone to come in and and be a convincing character in a game but to also take someone with little experience and and tell them you know you've got to talk with this kind of jive language or, or whatever you know british accent or or street accent or whatever it, it can really expose the the lesser professional aspects of the people you know what i mean it, it's putting a lot yeah. on them to be like you know act like this person but also do it you know with, with this kind of jive talking so the, there was this thing in the game where most characters had a way of speaking that used a lot of slang some of which was made up for the game um which was great but but i felt like that kind of it made the characters so kind of extra like a, lo- a lot of the characters uh were, were just uh, the mm, it lost some believability to mm. me 
when right. when they when they had to be so you know blatantly um you know talking in a certain way right there was a lot of cheeky little little laughs in this game um the, oh yeah the game, there, there's it, some good it, stuff in there there really was because it doesn't it doesn't uh you don't expect it. The game doesn't have to deliver on any laughs. It's not that kind of game. So, so when there was a few, you know, little tongue and cheek points or kind of just funny moments, it, it was it was really appreciated on my behalf. Um, I'll just point out one: um, was there there's a automated security sort of bot thing um, at at the slums, and if you do the puzzle wrong, it's you know it says it's going to neutralize you and and it actually kills you, turns you into literal ash. And then as you're laying, you know, dead on the ground in a pile of ash, the, the robot's like, sorry, there was a miscalculation between our neutralizing systems and a medic has been alerted and will be here shortly. <laughs> our apologies. <laughs> I thought I, little things like that I thought were really great. And, and again, it was kind of believable. Yeah. Yeah. In a, in a cyberpunk world. Yeah, no, there was definitely some humor in there. I, I mean, there was a lot of humor that came from uh, reference Easter eggs. Um I, I think it kind of got a little bit heavy handed at some point because it's like, you know, I, I think Easter eggs are ideal when they're kind of scattered about. So they just kind of like catch you when you aren't expecting it. And it's just a pleasant little aha uh-huh moment. Uh, this right. one I felt like really, I, I can't think of any moment line or anything that didn't find some sort of like a pop culture reference to squeeze in there. And this is after a while, it was just sort of like, okay, I get it. You watch movies. Right, and, uh, <laughs> but I mean, I, it's such a small little nitpick. I, I, I'm sure there's a lot of people who love it and say more is better. So just you know, keep doing that. I'm sure you're making people happy. But I just you know, my tastes. I, I kind of like my Easter eggs a little bit more spaced out. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I guess I can go either way. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of a, a, a cheap date on that that account. Like I'm, I'm thinking in, in relating to that same point is like a lot of people give uh, some like the Marvel movies some some flack for that. Um, like, oh, you know, you reference the thing that we've seen and, and usually they work for me cause I'm, I'm, you know, pretty simple <laughs> at the end of the day. But, but like you said, you know, the, the pacing of them, sometimes it can, it can wear you down a little bit, but you know, otherwise the, the you know, I, again, I, I don't want to come across as I'm criticizing the game too much because overall it was, it was great. You know, it's like, uh, like I said about Kathy Rain, how like every single aspect was 10 out of 10 and it came together in an eight out of 10 game. I'd say this game is like every aspect of it in terms of like the, bit pieces like you know the art the animation the voices and all that sort of thing uh probably all the pieces are around like the six to seven but then they come together to about an eight out of ten game so it's still really good it's just you know for some reason this game um is a lot more than the sum of its parts this one definitely comes together as a complete package and uh definitely you know is a lot more than you know if you if you were just to look at the screenshots some people might be like uh you know the art's meh or if you just like, you know, you play for it a little bit and the UI is a little bit clunky, you know, that might turn some people off. But it, patience is really rewarded in this game. If you play through it, uh, to sort of, you know, get into it and warm up to it, there's there's a lot of reward in this game. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I, I was... I was one that was a little hesitant on the game based on screenshots, for example, as, as you just alluded to. Um, and then once once I very, very quickly into playing it, I, I was like, this, you know, I should, should have played this sooner. Like the, the visuals, it was really, it was really cool because it was nice to see somebody just take a, take a bloody chance 
yeah. and just and own it. Uh, you know, and again, contrasting and uh, kind of comparing to to Kathy Rain for a reason, uh, reasons that you've already mentioned, um, where it's like you know I, I don't feel like any chances were taken there. It was played very safe, and and again, that's one of the reasons I enjoyed that game. It was very, I think I'd called it very comforting, like an old blanket um, mm-hmm. sort of feel. Where, where this game is is. Very rips much the blanket away from you and leaves you out in the cold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it it takes away all those little familiarities and things like that, and 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 I respect it for yeah. it. It was, it was like, oh, yeah, and I, I mean that in the best possible way. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I, I I can vouch. Off air, you were telling me how much you enjoyed the game. So this mm-hmm. this is all legitimate people. Um, <laughs> but it was uh yeah it was it was just really cool. It was it was one of those I'd rather somebody take a chance and and produce a game with this art direction than, than have never experienced it before. So, so anyone listening should, you know, if you like point and click adventures, definitely, definitely give it a, definitely give it a go. Yeah. It, it was a lot of fun. I, I can see it being the kind of game that probably does divide people as far as, you know, who's going to like it and who's not. Yeah, I think people that people that are, are used to things being a certain way and, and don't like to really uh, yield from that position, they might not enjoy it as much. Um, but but anybody with with a more kind of open open mind towards these games will will very much enjoy it. And and I know that sounds like a very simplistic comment, but but dealing with I think anything retro related, you have to expect a lot of people that are going to be more set in their ways. You know, I, yeah. I like it the way it was, and that's why I still like the old games. And so I totally get that. I I really do. But but um yeah, anybody with with kind of an open mind should check it out. Any fans of of you know Blade Runners and Cyberpunks and and just indie like, games. I think this is a very, um, very shining example of what indie uh, games has to offer, right? So if you're not into indie games, then fine. You're probably not going to like this one. Um, and, and again, there are some people who are into indie games that might find those this, this one just a little bit, um, you know, a little bit rough for them. But um, I, yeah, th- this game is like a lot of what I enjoy about indie games. Like you know, it's a, it's a different story. It's a different view it's like you know a story told entirely from one person uh for better or worse warts and all it's like you know this this is one person's vision that was unfucked with or sorry untampered with um and this is just like the story he wanted to tell as he wanted to tell it uh you're right about that and that's very much so that should be supported so uh, i think that um you know you may if you think you may or may not like it uh Give it a go. I I think that it's it is definitely better to err on the side of supporting the indie artists, and uh, seeing where that can go. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, you know, at the end of the day, it's like you, you know, you, you toss in you toss in Christian like you know you, you're buying them lunch at best for the price of the game, and and we're talking about a mate who, you know, developed you know. Uh, she, a ginormous script did all this artwork did all the music all the programming you know just mm-hmm. get the guy a bloody big mac and, and see if you like the game it's, it's, it's not a big deal <laughs> um, but uh I, I was going to say he's kind of like the robert rodriguez of video games but uh that meant a lot more like 10 years ago than it does now <laughs> it's good he's good he's doing all this good stuff that's christian for you <laughs> nailed it good recovery <laughs> <laughs> But like you, like you said a second ago, you put it perfectly. This is for me as well. Exactly what I what I love about indie games, and and back to the the whole. You know, he he told this story the way he wanted to tell it, um, knowing that that he did case was a case worker um, as well as as the you know as Carl Carbon in the game. 
um, it, it makes a lot of sense. It's really cool, but it, it makes me. It also makes me think of how many times we hear that kind of old trope where, where somebody wanted to tell a story, but but everybody else got their hands in and, and yeah. they couldn't tell their story anymore. Right? That's any director that's ever left a film. That's that's why basically yeah. why we're told. Um, so it was it was just really cool to, to have an uninterrupted telling of somebody's story from from a perspective that they're familiar with. Um, and, and that's that's really bloody unique. Uh, that's a really tough thing to to find nowadays, or even back in the day. I mean, if you look at like old Sierra games, there's so many people involved. You know, it's it's hard to get a, a pure story from from one person's perspective nowadays. Um, yeah. So that's another reason this is cool. And or even just like what you said about like the comfort, because um, this is definitely a game that by design does not want you to be comfortable. You know, it's yeah. it's so refreshing to see that. And I think there's a lot of people who might kind of be initially pushed away by that. Because uh, there are definitely times in the game where I was sort of like, oh, this is just kind of like, you know, I, I have to turn it off for a bit and walk away just because it's so, um, you know, it, it's not it, it's not always easy to play through because it's just sort of like that, um, I don't know, it just wears on you, wears on me after a while. But at the same time, it's sort of like, I, I can't help but feel that's kind of by design because it's supposed to put you into an uncomfortable situation. It's supposed to be in an uncomfortable world. And it's sort of, you know, there's that one scene I don't want to really give away too much where you have to like do the, um, a quote unquote routine, uh, inspection of like this, uh, this one impoverished family's home to see if the living conditions are suitable for their children. And, um, that's all I'm really going to say about that, except just to reference that scene was just really, um, you know, it, it's it, that that really was a very um, the way that scene plays out was really quite uncomfortable. Right, right. No, it, it, I think people have to. If you find yourself uncomfortable with this or, or or kind of any medium of art, for 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 any example, you kind of have to stop for a second and, and instead of just knee jerk rejecting it, stop and say, "Well, hold on. This person's job was to create a world." And set a mood fitting that world, and and in this case, the world is a dystopian, you know, cyberpunk future. Uh, you know, am I supposed to be comfortable? Like, you know, yeah. would he be doing his job if I felt, you know, comfortable in in this type of setting? You know, and like like you said, it by design. I mean, it it basically kind of has to be I mean, all the 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 waiting room and and the office and the, and the slums. I mean, everything is very kind of dingy. Um, no, nothing, you know, artistically has been presented in any sort of acceptable social manner. It's it's all presented in a way that's that's supposed to be off-putting and and fitting for the the genre of the game, um, which it is. And and I think you know, again, kind of artistically, I think that's 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 a great thing. That's a great uh, accomplishment and achievement on, on Christian's behalf. Um, I, I remember I I had uh, had a a crowd review on, on some of my my songs a long time ago, and and. Uh, one of the reviews that's always stuck with me as being one of my favorites was was a largely negative review on a song, and and the girl wrote, "This this whole thing made me extremely uncomfortable, and I didn't like it, and and I just I feel just uncomfortable listening to it." And that's that's always been my one of my favorite reviews because it's like good, like <laughs> good, you yeah. know, I, I I made you feel feelings, like that's the point. I, yeah, yeah. I, I preferred you've been like I loved it as my favorite song ever. Yeah, that that would be preferable, but but I mean to not like it, but to give me a reason like it made me uncomfortable. I'm like, well, that's good. Like as long as it as long as it made you feel something and it affected you and. And honestly, it gave me like a weird head trip. I felt like very wizardry in that moment. I'm like, hmm, I have mm. the power to make people uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> but but to, for for Christian and for this type of game, like even if it if it does make you uncomfortable, 
you know, kind of stop and ask yourself, like, you know, is, is it supposed to be or not? And if the answer is, yeah, it's supposed to, then, then, you know, he's bang on, he's doing what he's supposed to do and, yeah. you know, maybe see it through. And again, like, uh, you know, there are some, um, kind of legitimate concerns in terms of like uh, a lot of the UI and controls and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I, I know the font selection wasn't really the best. A lot of times, a lot of the way things are sort of laid out on the screen, uh, aren't the most strategic, but, um, uh, but again, it's sort of like, I don't know, I, I kind of felt that almost kind of added to the world a little bit. Is sort of like, oh, well, if you can't handle the a clunky UI on a point-and-click adventure, imagine what these people are going through kind of thing. Right, yeah, right. So it's like, you know, look at this guy has to fix his arm with olive oil. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it, it's sort of, you, even if the even if somebody does kind of quit out of the game and sort of be like, no, that, that's too much for me. It's sort of like, well, it, it, it almost is kind of its own little bit of a statement you know yes. turned out of it so it's just uh yeah it's kind of it's kind of interesting like that it's definitely a game that makes you think it is and and you know on that note as far as like as far as being rewarded by by continuing on it, little things like the what the my first very first impression of the game one of them was that i, I didn't like the text boxes i, I yeah. thought it was just a i don't know i just thought it was like a just a i don't know what the word is uh I guess I'll just go with unpolished. Uh, it's not exactly what I'm trying to say, but to move to move myself forward here, the, the text box is it's kind of just like this this plain, I think like navy, dark navy blue background with with lettering, and it was just kind of like uninspiring was my was my first impression. But as the game went on, as I became familiar with the game I was playing, I was like, ah, oh, this this actually really fits. Like you said, it almost, it almost yeah. felt like the text boxes were like scotch taped onto the screen, <laughs> um, which is which is the vibe the game. You know, I think that the vibe the game wanted you to have. Um, and and for those listening to, to relate it, and actually you could tell me tell me too, mate, if you got this, but I, I got a real District Nine kind of vibe from this game. Yeah, I, I could say that's probably. Uh, I, I don't know all of his specific influences, but I can definitely see that there. I, I would be surprised if it wasn't. Yeah, there was something uh, something about the uh, and and you know that that movie uh, as well can make you feel a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> oh yeah, at, of course. At times, yeah, especially in the way it was filmed and in the kind of realistic this could happen sort of nature. So so I think uh, I'm I'm kind of beating this word to death, but I think artistically this this game was was a bit of a home run. It was definitely definitely a statement and and a very effective, very consistent well, statement. Yeah. I I'd say it was like not it was a home run but not like the knock it out of the park is sort of like it, it kind of hit it within the park, but managed to steal all the bases. Right, right. <laughs> Any closing thoughts on this one? Um, no, I think I think I basically covered covered what I wanted to, and trying to tread carefully because I, I you know, don't, don't want to get into spoilers. I, I, it's not, it's not, uh, it's a, you know, perhaps a bit of a classic style point and click, but it's it's not an old game that people have had a lot of time to play. So so I'm trying to trying to keep it kind of vague so that, so that our listeners will will give it a go and and play it for themselves and and who knows maybe uh in the future we can we can get christian on to to talk about this game and mm-hmm. to uh to even talk about the sequel that that he's working on yeah there is a neo feud 2 in the works i i follow him on twitter so i um i, I do hear him reference that quite a bit it would be great to have him on the show just to just even sort of like talk about it, to at least explain to me like a five-year-old exactly um you know comparing the game to his real life experiences because like i said it's i i am pretty sheltered from anything that's going on um out in hawaii other than like you know uh hot women doing the hula and lays and stuff like that right so um <laughs> that, that's I, all i know is the marketing behind hawaii and i don't know like the gritty um w- what's going on in the underbelly so it'd be it'd be great to hear how exactly that uh plays into 
uh, into this game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it would be would be nice to, to hear a little bit more about the personal influence behind it. And I'd like to certainly have a, a good a good dozen questions on on just what it was like handling all of this uh, on on his own. Because it's it's really quite an achievement to, to pull off this art, you know, doing the art, doing the, the music, the programming is is mental. And you know what? Here's and here's another thing. I I did think about this like a couple of weeks ago when I wanted to talk about this game, but you know, we obviously weren't recording it at that time. It's the Neo feud, although you know he readily admits he is inspired by LucasArts and Sierra. This is definitely a game that you can't really find anything to compare it to. It's just like, no, that that art is this game. Like there is no, oh, that's so LucasArts. Like no, that's Neo Feud. Like this is this is a singular game. This is a singular experience. Yeah, that you can't really point to anything else and say it's like that. It's a sort of, it's this. It's it is Neo Feud. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's quite an achievement to to come up with something wholly unique. Mm-hmm. Um, Perhaps almost especially in this genre where it rewards and encourages people to to fall back into that that kind of Lucas or Sierra sort of box. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's so little to compare it to. We we basically just had to pick, you know, the the kind of the farthest thing from it in Kathy Rain, just just to help you know listeners understand how we <laughs> felt about it. Um, it is definitely a bit of a, a bit of a black sheep um, in, in that regard, which in my experience is usually kind of a cool thing. So yeah, all we have left is, is indie developers in, in this entire genre of gaming. So if we want to see more games, we got to support them. Yeah. Whether you bloody like it or not, get out there and do it. So just to close out, if you have any thoughts, if you agree or disagree, if you like to, if there's anything you'd like to ask or talk about in regards to this game or future episodes or even past episodes, uh, come find us on Facebook. We are a page. We are a group. We're also on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, uh, you search all those places for the Classic Gamers Guild and you will find us. You can follow us on Twitter at the CG Guild. Follow us on Instagram at CGG Podcast. And uh, you can write to us by email if you're one of those email people uh, at mail at classicgamersguild.com. You can also write to us by ink and quill if you like. I'm not giving out my address. (laughs) But you can take a picture of your your letter written in ink and quill and then email it to me at mail (laughs) at classicgamersguild.com. Then I will read it. All right. I guess that, that brings us to the end, huh? Yes. I'm going to miss this episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll I'll sign us off then. Um, I just want to say one last thing. Um, I've never seen the movie Alien. I hate you. Don't do a murder.